welcome to part two of Biloco on the popular podcast, Urbane Legends. I am Javridge, and I have the unfortunate pleasure of playing Simeon Man, Chris Flynn. Now, people think it's very easy being an actor, but I can tell you, we have some hard times. Just the other day, a man in the post office shoved me so hard that the Cadbury's cream egg I had in my pocket shattered. Uh, more stories to come afterwards. Enjoy! Welcome to Urbane Legends, the podcast about urban legends and how to act in a courteous and refined manner, but much less about that. Here's your hosts, Neil and Chris. Well, here's the thing, because they use bells, so I don't know whether that would just or track it could be a off. Yeah. Do you think that's what yeah, town choirs and morris dancers are doing with their bells? They're uh, trying to curse people in the town. Yeah, he's <laughs> the biggest bell end. Yeah, they, yeah. I, th- I think it's it ancient. Is, um... It's ancient English <laughs> because they do the dance and stuff with the bells. Maybe it's kind of ancient English. Yeah, yeah. Well, those little sticks um, and hankies as well. Occult, aren't they? You know, a Morris dancer, you get too many pints in him, you get on the wrong side of him, that hankie's right in your face, and they're giving you a good beating with that little club, with that little dildo club. And then all of them, they just surround you at once. Oh, I don't know where you get hit from. You know, got no chance. No yeah, they have been packed, they, like, um, like the Beloco. They've honed their skills on riots for the countryside alliance and, and stuff like that. Or, or the yeah, National Front. Yeah. You, you've, you've, you've survived three or four cheese rolling festivals. Or um, you can have a pretty taste jump. Or any other obscure festivals that I'm not really too familiar with. Um yeah, I yeah, they do sound a bit like um, African yeah. Morris dancers at the moment, to be honest with you. Well, they've got bells and massive mouths. And they dress up, re nice. Yeah, massive mouths. Yeah, beer guts. Hang around pub car parks. And foxes. Um, no, what are going to start a piece? Don't like outsiders. So, <laughs> only eat human flesh. <laughs> or clowns. <laughs> Long pork, as they call it. <laughs> um, there's a couple of stories on everyday area I'm going to sort of go through now. Um, just just looking at what they're talking about, the Bloco as well, yeah. and they, they reference as well the fact they only eat human flesh. And again, they, they're they small in stature, but they have the ability to unhinge their jaw so like, wide. Uh, anaconda was on human Another little fact, yeah. But again, you know, have they got the uh, belly capacity to... Because obviously a snake... Um, you're just, just there, you, yeah, like, you're uh, sort of there whole you know, <laughs> for a bit. Yeah. Um... Okay, yeah. A bit like that terrible movie with, um, what's his face? Ice Cube and... Uh, there was a film called Anaconda, but I've not seen Anaconda, that, Anaconda, obviously. have you seen that? Yeah, there's a, there's a bit in it. I can't remember the guy's name. Is it... Um, what's... Uh, oh, good Lord. I'm sorry. Neil Sinelli. Um Yeah, again. Um, John Voight? John Voight exists. The, he's the... Um, he was Angelina Jolie's dad. Yeah, I think he's got Ice Cube... And, that's right, Angelina Jolie was trying to know trying to Yeah, so John I'm pretty sure John Voigt's in the Conda and there's mm. a, a scene at the end where um I think it might be J Lo Ice Cube and John Voigt. If I'm not misremembering. They released they released the there's, yeah, there's a bit they? right at the John Voigt. Yeah. <laughs> They're all triple. John Voigt doing the round reasons. Uh J Lo yeah, doing spoken word country and uh Ice Cube doing yeah. the and doing Ice all Cube the melodies, doing yeah. all of the melody. Wasn't it called, didn't Melody Maker call it a hot mess? <laughs> One star. I thought it was all right. I thought it was beautiful. 
I thought they yeah. went out of their comfort zone, and I think well, they pulled it off. You know, I don't care what the snobs in the music press. I don't care what no, the pitchfork and enemy have got to say about it. I think, I think it went yeah. for it. I think, <laughs> I think John Voight has some sick fucking names. A lot of, a lot of it was weirdly about um, over-the-counter pharmaceuticals. <laughs> well, you know, write what you know. Hush puppies. It was heartfelt, and it had a sick flow, um, in my opinion. So, you know. Fallen arches. That, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Neck neck pain. <laughs> Weird complaints yeah. and wishing we'd go back to pre-revolutionary America and whatever nonsense these people fantasise about these days when they get into their fucking 90s and start banging on about George Washington. Slave owner George Washington. Um, no, yeah, I mean, you've got to have some balls, haven't you, to write. It's a self-evident truth that all men are equal and free <laughs> like when you own slaves. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it is a self-evident truth. <laughs> One that you've maybe not reflected on as hard as you could have. Maybe not. Maybe not go. the best person to um, be setting up a country. <laughs> it's all gone well since, uh, though, so that's fine. Yeah, but we're all yeah. just bit. We're all just bitter. We're still, still very pro George the Third. Yeah. We love our royals. You see what they've been up to recently? A, a bunch yeah, of little eco warriors now. One helicopter ride at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see that Guardian article? Yeah. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Well, right, I mean, right, if they... Charles, I mean, you're well, 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 what I would say is that's well and good. You are the largest landowners in the UK. How about stick up some wind farms on your land? And and don't use your ridiculous medieval rights to meddle in laws to make your Everything. own states exempt from um, ecological te- measures. They're technically considered international in water, aren't they? Which is why Prince Andrew got away with so much. <laughs> They're out. They're outside legal jurisdiction. <laughs> um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Do you know. Yeah. Use use all your land and money then to do something good for the people and the environment, and whack up some renewable energy resources on your thousands and thousands and thousands of acres. And if anyone says, "Oh, I don't want wind farms being built here," say, "Fuck off! I'm the queen." Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like. One, yeah. one put up whatever wind farm one likes. Have, have it killed. Yeah, yeah. See, at least at least that would be uh, that would be interesting. Unlike most. Well, gen- you know, to, stop talking about it and do something. You're actually in a position, unlike most of us, to actually do something. Do you know what I mean? You can actually do something. So far. I thought you were asking me to try and take over the royal family. I've asked you that. I've asked no, you. Were talking, you, were, you, were, you were, I've asked you, you that until I'm blue in the face. Because I imagined that it would be hilarious, like the incredible, maybe the best comedy ever, King Ralph. King Ralph, yeah. The John Goodman comedy film with no jokes in it. still be hilarious. I've sort of got a soft spot. Anything John Goodman's in, I've got a bit of a soft spot for, to be honest with you. I like him as an actor. But yeah, it's not a terribly funny film. It's a sort of mixture of carry on and, well... Not even that. All I mean, all I can remember is that he... Plays uh, he plays the piano honky tonk style, much to the chagrin of the aristocracy. <laughs> That's about all I can remember. Oh yeah, but then he does break us a trade uh, trade deal because he does gets in with sort of people abroad, and then uh, yeah, it's weirdly mm. respectful of the royals. That film, you know, makes out they've actually got something to do because he's like, is it the whole thing? Mm. It's like, oh no, you embarrass us, and then like, you know, I mean, yeah, you, you can't imagine right. the UK embarrassing itself. On a national stage, but um, could never happen. But uh, yeah, sort of like the whole the whole premise is is because it's such an important position that uh, oh no, you you know 
will cost people their jobs and things like this. And then he manages to broker a trade deal by getting off with no getting off getting along with um Saudi Arabia from, from uh, probably know, some <laughs> yeah, presumably, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll sell you some arms, you can uh, yeah, we'll get some cash out. We'll just sell out any morals. We've well, we got got a couple of football clubs right, right, Newcastle, Newcastle richest club in the world now. Brightest fans in the world, yeah. richest fans, richest club in the world. Um, yeah, I, I look world. forward to to the new era. Yeah. Biker Grove, greatest TV show in the world. And Ant and Deck. World, yeah, Ant and Deck, greatest lighting you know, greatest in the world. singer in the world. They've taken over Yorkshire what? now, Ant I think. And Deck. Newcastle. They've annexed it. Newcastle. Yeah. They've annexed it. Under the Saudi flag. Yeah. That would be pretty sweet, actually. It's suddenly a load of Geordie aggression. Coming for you next, Manchester. Party you could split the country up like, you know, like instead of Dane law, you've got Saudi. Instead of yeah. Mercia, you've just got Midlands. And then, well, so do I, because we've been doing there. really well financially. <laughs> um, yeah, just from from the River Severn up to the top bit of East Anglia, draw a line through it, beautiful. That's yeah. why I aim to be king of. That's, that's how I'm going to divide and conquer. Well, Scotland are constantly asking to devolve, aren't they? So I reckon the Kings of Wessex should as well. I think Scotland would do all right. I think I think I'd be looking for would a treat with Scotland to invade I Ireland. They, I think they'd do all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd probably go, I'd, I'd get on with the Irish as well. To be honest with you, stick all your power stations in Wales. Um, so yeah. right, it's going to be a heavy right. edit. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, this a lot of shit to cut out. Um, <laughs> So a little, 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 little bit more information around, and then we'll come into a couple of stories. Um, you know of, of how the, the Beloco, um, how they work. So they, they possess magic. We talked about they have the small bells and visitors to the forest. I'm gonna eat you. And once you're under, the, I imagine it'd just be like one of those little bike bells. Ding 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 ding. And instead of get out of the way, it means come deeper mm. into this rainforest. I have some things to tell you. Yeah, which once you're under their spell. A human has no defense. Even my, even my charm. So if if you're a hunter who's venturing into even even my well, even my questionable we've already, we've already charm, how that's not going to do any good. <laughs> Hello that's there. Like, Hello, nice to meet you, Chris Flint. Oh, who's and and who's yeah. this? Who's this delightful creature? <laughs> Something like that. Ding dong. <laughs> well, ding dong. Ding dong. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Oh, you're a little on the short side, aren't you? <laughs> but you are. We're all the same light in the dark, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but you're all quite darling. <laughs> nice. Best thing is coming in small packages. Um, <laughs> you could be a power bottom. Enough of that. So, no, what you're going to want is an amulet oh. made from a lion's tooth or a fetish created from river reeds tied into exactly mm. 11 knots. And that will help conceal I mean, your diff- presence from an aloco. Diff- the longer the tooth... Yeah. The that more makes powerful sense. the magic. And the reed fetish repels Beloco, but none of the storytellers could explain why or the significance of number 11. You know what? They've tested it out. It's worked. That was um, that you was know. actually uh, the name I used when I used to go to S&M clubs. Reed fetish. Reed fetish. Well, I've knotted reed. meant something slightly different. Well, but, uh, yeah, hey. Did it? Was it, was it were you referencing uh, Beloco? But also because I had a leather saxophone. Which I used to, used to. Used to oh, you, nice. you, you've seen the pictures, you know. Yeah. Never, never, 
Yeah. Never to be forgotten. Trust me, audience, you don't want to. <laughs> Badly, yes. It's burnt into my uh, burnt into my cortexes. Um, right, so a couple of stories now. Um, give you a flavour as to what the Yoloka will get up to. So the Yoloka are the hunter's wife. So these these are um, a couple of traditional stories that were uh, that were told to our author. Mm-hmm. So there was once a hunter from a village called Mamadou. He mm-hmm. was old and wise, but still very strong. And his wife, Victoria, kept asking him to stay home and not hunt. Because she was scared that when he entered the dark forest, he'd never come back. Oh, God, get off my back, Victoria. And because, oh, yeah, I've got to go and do a day's grass, do you know what I mean? And he's young and safe. Bloody hell, they're born. No, I'll come back. You do this every fucking day. I come back every day. I go in the forest, I come back with some bush meat, and then we have a nice stew. What do you want me to do about it? Can hardly pop down the fucking shops, can I? Well, you know, sure. <laughs> a little fucking six I miles. I have to away. get two buses. Saying the price of diesel, you think I'm no, driving around and everything? I'm going in the forest. Yeah, the, the, the right, co-op right. locals too yeah, expensive. Um, so, and if, and they always run out of bread. I'm going to go and get some forest bread, which is what, forest bread, which is what they call monkeys. Because my local co-ops often out of monkey, which is <laughs> hard to find, which is really annoying, isn't it? Because that's basically, yeah, fray bentos monkey pie. Ginster's <laughs> monkey and onion. There's barely any monkey meat, to be honest with you. Ginster's monkey and onion, Ginster's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all it's all sweet and gravy. Uh, anyway, um, uh, uh, there's no monkey in this. <laughs> Barely any monkey in this puppy, right? Melton Mowbray monkey puppies. <laughs> yeah, nice bit of aspect. Um, uh, I thought this was meant to be. What's she thinking? <laughs> Capuchin. This is bonobo. Uh, oh, nightmare. Uh, it's all tangy. <laughs> Stringy meat. Don't want that. Right, <laughs> because she's thinking like there's younger men who are stronger than them. You know, you just let, just let the youngins get on with it. Please don't go anymore, ma'am. Do you look? You're getting old. Yeah, but I don't want to be alone. I may be old, but I'm strong. Yeah, he's strong and wise, and he's wise. So he refused. He said, "I know where the most, you know, most about where to find meat. The jungle. The the younger guys still got to learn a lot from me." Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm supplying. He's the one supplying ginsters, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. They've got a big. um, They've got a big factory on the River Congo, haven't they? They they process bush meat, and. because they make it outside of the UK, they're allowed to label it as just meat. Well, it's like Fray Bentos. It's a town in Argentina, isn't it? It is. I want to, I've, I've looked it up on Google Earth. Um, the old factory's there. Yeah. You're going to have to visit some I, would, I was looking at how to a get spiritual there. homeland. My spiritual kingdom, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. It is. Um, we get most of our beef from, or a lot of it, from Argentina. That's why corn beef prices go up. And down, depending on Argentina. Corn beef. It's corn beef now, isn't it? Mm, uh, yeah. I mean, I do I do my shop in Aldi, so no. It's- oh, okay. And there's no any Aldi's anywhere near me, but um, maybe I'll have to go and have a look. Because yeah, no, I just I just remember corn beef being like a sort of cheap smack. The prince, um, the prince's one goes up and down in price. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have to see if I can depend, yeah. Depending on how, depending on how Argentina are feeling about the Falklands one day to the next. Get to that. Right. Anyway, so his wife said, well, look, if you won't stay, can you take me with me? And he refused. She insisted. 
And he uh, sees that she's concerned. She sounds so like he, a he well, she's just concerned, Chris. You know, she doesn't want to be by herself, and it's you know, and she's worried he's getting too old. One of these days, you know, he's, he's not going to be able to hack it anymore. So, you know, he said, "Look, you know, if you're going to have to come, you've got to stay in the hut that we build, right? Oh, building a hut on the go, a bivouac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next day, man, we're doing the three young men. I mean, I think they go out hunting. You know, they collect meat, probably, you know, preserve it and all the rest of it. That'll stock yeah. them up for a good few weeks. Put it in salt. Um, so they leave the safety of the village, they enter the jungle, and they uh, reach the edge of the hunting grounds, built a small hut, made a fire. It was the last light of the day fades away. Nice. So obviously... It's Sounds romantic. Um, mm, yeah, it's a nice nice little holiday from get away, you know, reignite the passion. Clearly there's some marital difficulties here. <laughs> you know, some trust issues. Yeah. So, you know... What, happened, what, hap- what happens in the hunting grounds stays in the hunting grounds. Yeah. Monkeys are not just for eating. What is it you're all getting up to in there? Right, so they sat around the fire, ate their supper, and the, the men are making plans for their hunt on the, the next day, and then they go to the shelter. And then Mamadou whispers in Victoria's ear, so we're going to leave before you wake in the morning. If you hear bells, stay in the shelter. Yeah. Do not pull back the door. Don't look out. Morris dances. Above all, do not let anything in. And then he rolled away from Victoria and slept. Again, it's not a happy marriage, is it? No. So she lay awake thinking about the warning. Turned his and back on it. Yeah, it came. And when she woke, the uh, the men were gone. And before she'd even got out from under her covers, Chris, she clearly heard a bell. Diddling. Yep. She thought it was Mamadou playing a trick on her, Ugh. so she ignored it, and the bell stopped. That's fine, because, you know, she's been told, you know, just don't. Yeah. So around noon, she hears a bell again and wonders what he's doing back. I mean, he's told her if you hear bells, yes. just lock the door and stay inside. But So what does she do? Pulls open the door flat. Oh, for fuck's sake. Now, first she sees only jungle, and then the bell starts coming much louder. And that made her happy and sleepy. And what she thought was a bush moving suddenly moved towards her, and the bell started chiming louder. Didding, didding. She saw only grassy leaves blowing and some bright red berries, but the bell was getting louder still. And just as she was going to call out to Mamadou, she saw the Eloko and couldn't understand how he'd gotten to the door, but there he is, there he's standing. Yeah. And he asked to come in, and she reluctantly refused. Then the bell starts Reluctantly up again, refused. Yeah, ah, well, he's, uh, sorry. He's, he's casting his spell, you see, and then he then he uses the old bell again. And at this point, she steps aside and let, lets him into the shelter. And the raspy voice, the Eloko, told Victoria that he's very hungry. So she offered him a bowl of fruit, as she would her own mother. Mm. But he refused that and said, "Can't eat that. I can eat flesh." <laughs> flesh <of your> <laughs> a bit of a picky. At that point, you realise that you know <laughs> it was a mistake <laughs> this person into your into your heart. So she looks startled, backs away, but then the bell starts ringing so loudly she stops, backing up, holds her right arm out towards him, fully under his power, he takes a bite. The bell's just ringing furiously now as he's just, like, ripping into the flesh of her, of her arm. Like a fire. Continues until like she's so weak. With... Like a fire alarm at work. Like a fire alarm yeah. drill. Yeah, exactly. Or a um, school bell. She's so weak from blood loss, she sits down. The loco helped her down and then continued to tear meat from her body. So Mamadou returns after the sun's gone down. They killed many monkeys on the hunt and were proud. <laughs> Was it actually? They were, they were killing monkeys. Yay! On the hunt, yeah. It was monkey meat. Yeah, well, I know, I think, like, if you eat monkey brains, that can, that you can get prion diseases and stuff like that. So that. why do you eat monkeys? This has also been an issue. Why are you constantly trying to get monkey brains from the co-op local? Oh, maybe, maybe I want, maybe I want a prion, an interesting prion disease. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, my, uh, my brain is like a petri dish that I'm trying to manifest all sorts of neurological disorders in. Well, oh, it's going well. Exciting time. It's an exciting time for, for science, Chris. 
Anyway, back he comes with a brace-eye monkeys, you know, <laughs> um, and, you know, he's going to show off to her what great hunter he is. Opens the door flat. What's he say? Pile of bones and blood on the on the floor. Oh. It's not what you want to come home to, is it? Uh, it depends oh, who you married to. let her out to the hunting grounds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, you know, I'm sure that's the story he told everyone back at camp, but... Sounds to me like there were tensions in this marriage. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think if I'm if I'm the police officer investigating the scene of this crime, I'm not as going to take take his word for it. Do you think that there's a good coverage of police officers in the Congo Basin? Probably. <laughs> Probably no. Yeah. yeah, no. Bobby, Bobby on every corner. Well, you know the, the village elder or whatever the um, whatever the kind of like. Uh... Sounds like he might have been the village elder though, which basically makes him above the law. Oh, that's true. That's the problem, isn't it? Wow. What, what they want to do, I would problem suggest this, get themselves a constitutional justice. monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, take it to the king, despite the fact that there's like 80 million or 100 million people living. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so, so that was a spooky story, wasn't it, Chris? It was. It was a spooky story because it was quite graphic about how the, the um, Iloco... Tucked in, getting eaten alive as well. That's got to be. That's yeah, be but I mean, it sounds happen. like the bell puts you in kind of a hypnotic state, so maybe it doesn't hurt much. Don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know though. That's not by any measure. That doesn't sound like a nice way to go. No, but then I would have not opened the. You know, it's a kind of ho- yeah. classic horror movie trope of basically been told the rules, basically not listening or breaking, yeah. breaking breaking quite a simple rule that you've been told to keep you safe. So are, are we saying, I mean, I don't want a victim shame here, but are we saying no. that she deserved it? Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> assuming, it was, assuming it was a, um, a loco, then, uh, you know. Would, look, yeah. you know, you, you've been told, you, you hear the bells, don't go answering the door or it's all going to go south. Yeah. Tr- trust your old man, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's been doing this for years. Exactly, he always comes back, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well. And uh, so here's here's another one for a chat from the um, from DRC. He now lives in Boston, though, apparently. But the area of the Congo has many myths and legends about the Congo. I'll tell this some folklore in Boston as well. Right, is there another time? Yeah. Is Isn't Jersey Devil from Boston, or is that New England? Yeah, it's from New Jersey. Oh, it's from New Jersey. I'm New Jersey. Jersey. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> Pine Barrens, isn't it? In New England, is the Boston area. Um, okay, so there's a fisherman, and he feeds his family by catching catching fish. Oh yeah, um, but lad. he had a lust for glory, and he wanted to be the best fisherman that ever lived. Well, nothing wrong with a big fish, and is the there? biggest fish. No, exactly. Follow your dreams. So he decided to follow the river deep into the jungle. Oh, hang on a minute. So he goes further than anyone had ever done and catch the biggest fish a villagers had ever seen. So he takes his canoe. Starts downstream, paddles all day, slept in canoe at night. So he's dedicated. Yeah. Paddles all the next day, ate a bit of fruit, slept in his canoe again. 18 days did this, Chris. Well, he's um, he's like Ray Mears, isn't he? Yeah, well, even better than Ray Mears, you might say. I don't think that's possible. Yeah. Well, so he stopped paddling to eat and sleep and finally found what he was looking for, a wide spot in the Congo with six or seven large creeks flowing out the jungle into the river. Arrived just as the sun was setting, pulled his canoe into a small sandbar and slept. Wakes early and sets his line using the largest net, spread the net across the deepest water and waited. While he's waiting, he's making camp on the side of the river near some dense overgrowth with red berries growing on it. 
Closed off a little with the sun was hot and woke to the sound of bells. Uh-oh. He didn't think anything about the bells. Just wants to check his nets. So he gets in his canoe, checks his nets. Ah, whatever. Jungle bells. Not yeah. interested. Probably just some cyclists going through. Um, <laughs> just Morris dancers. Probably one of their tour excursions. The, tour de Congo. Whatever the <laughs> acronym was. Um, he noticed that the bells stopped when they pulled away from shore. Hmm. And in the nets were the biggest fish he'd ever seen. Whoa. Different types too. So he wants perch. to start paddling back to his village with his catch Cops. night away. Yeah, there's perch, cod, John Dory, um, salmon, place. Uh, goldfish. Goldfish, yeah. Piranhas. Be... That's a bit of a shame because he's eating all the other fish. Yeah. Sharks. Yeah. Tuna. Great whites, hammerheads. <laughs> Whale sharks. Monkfish. Swordfish. Blue whales. <laughs> Me out of. Fish now, to be honest with you. Jellyfish. Yeah. Tuna. I already said tuna. Oh, unlucky Neil. But thanks for playing. At the market, he thinks. Thanks for playing. I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. Listeners, can you name any other fish? <laughs> Probably. Get in touch. Yeah. <laughs> if you can, if you can name any fish. What's that email address again, Chris? That is legends. At gmail.com. Get in touch if you can name any fish that we haven't named. We're very lonely. Just write to us, please. Um, right. So he's decided to sort of wait the night. And do you know what? I think that might just have cost him his life. Oh, so me. as soon as he sets foot on land, he's heard the bells coming from behind the bushes. Calls out. There's no answer. Parts some branches and step through them like stepping through a door. The branches swung closed behind him just like a door slamming shut. And the fisherman was never seen again. Oh. How, how, so now did anyone know this story? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking Because he says here, you know, the people in his village would never know how good of a fisherman he was. The Beloco made sure of that. Well, no, because in the telling of the story, he's the best fisherman yeah. of all time. I mean, somehow that's been found out. So I don't know whether a Loco just came down to the village to just chat <laughs> Oi, dickheads. Guess what I've <laughs> just done? <laughs> Yeah, how does anyone... That fisherman, right, he caught perch, cod, place, piranha, goldfish, koi, blue whales, tuna, sharks, all the sharks, and uh, haddock, and do you know what? We did... I rung my bell at him, and then he went into the forest, and I put my arms around him, and and you'll never see him again. Thanks for... Unhinged major. Ta-ta, dickheads. Yeah, it doesn't explain that. Well, That's a bit of folklore, but um, yeah, how on how on earth is anyone actually knowing that all of that stuff happened? I like as well the whole um, where the branches open up and then yeah. swing behind like a bad horror movie. <laughs> later. Cool. So there you go. There's a couple of there's a couple of tales. Yeah, tall tales about all the below cake getting up to. I think they're they're you know that's eating your flesh and. I, like, I take your point about hopefully, you know, when you're under the bell spell. Yeah. You're, um, the bell spell. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, you're not feeling pain or something. But oh, I don't know. That's to, to A, B, have them like eat you alive. Mm-hmm. And to B, um, you know, they can enchant you so that you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Is it? Which brings us to our scoring. Yeah. So this week, uh, what I've done <laughs> is. Um, in honour of that fisherman, I have ten goldfish, 
And yep. each time I'm going to drop a pellet of what can only be described as goldfish food into the bowl. And uh, I have tattooed on the side of them numbers one to ten. So we will see see what scores we get. So, Neil, I'll let you go first with spookiness. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that rolls on quite nicely from what I was saying. Yeah. I think this is quite spooky, actually. I think um, there's something about, you know, primordial, um, uh, you know, nature of kind of like in the deep rainforest. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, one of those parts of our planet that still probably aren't as well explored. Um, unfortunately, people seem to be dead set on burning them down at a fairly, fairly rapid rate. That's but, a quick, um, quick, quick way to get a look, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just get it. Just was just oust in the below case. To be honest with you, <laughs> nightmare. They started the war. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, 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 you Westerners like we tuna. So if you want yeah. us to keep catching fish, you fucking stop banging on the back. You're it? like eating blue whale crits. <laughs> yeah. Not like you haven't been burning coal for two hundred years. You fucks. Um, fair enough. Um, yeah. So yeah, but no. It was seriously. Um, in all seriousness, it, yeah, no, it, I think this is quite a big one. I mean, as I say, eating eating you alive and chanting you and sort of catching you. So you begin to, there's almost something sort of vampiric, but then instead of just like sucking your blood, Rotic, maybe like chewing you like you're a Ginsters monkey pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not so much on the eroticism scale, I don't think. I mean, um, you reckon uh, you, you almost like almost a like forest fella, like take like taking the sacrament, eating the flesh, just, drinking yes. the blood. Yeah. I mean that's that's kind of um that's Western folklore really, isn't it? But yeah. um yeah, no, it's, you can see, Yeah, I mean you can see um There's something yeah, that humans instinctively something about, don't, that humans instinctively don't like about being eaten alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> weird <laughs> weird, isn't it? But, I, I think you know there's probably a little bit here about you know the danger of the forest and stuff like that. So I, I can imagine you know, you get you get lost in lost and you don't know what you're doing in um, in the middle of a rainforest. You you know you could very well have people going missing and um, you know that you can see where this folklore's kind of sprung up from. And I think probably a lot of um, the skills of a hunter, it's bravery not just in terms of um, you know being able to hunt down and and, and kill monkeys. That's apparently what the hunters <laughs> <laughs> slightly weird though. Fair enough, um, but uh, or, or, or whatever prey you're sort of mm. out for. Tapirs, but yeah, tapirs, um, yeah. Uh, but the you know, just being able to get from one place to another bears. to know where you are, to know when you've not gone too far. Yeah, bears, um, raccoons, um, whatever other things I can't remember from Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, <laughs> you hunted down pigeons. One of them Far Cry games. Um, so. so um, yeah, no. So I, I think yeah, getting lost, getting lost in the forest, or say split up or whatever, and getting lost in the forest by yourself. I think that there's there's a kind of like a, a, a spookiness there, and then the notion of these sort of flesh eating creatures. I can imagine certainly if you know um, if you you're around the local area and you sort of know those areas well, then I yeah, I, I think I think this is quite a spooky legend. I think it's um, you know, it's just that sort of that uncaring face face of nature, if you like, that's been anthropomorphized. But uh, it. it's quite. Quite a spooky one. The bells are a little bit silly. That takes a spooky <laughs> edge off for me. But um, but yeah, the fact that they can use that to enchant. I mean, obviously this is part of African folklore, and bells are presumably more part of that spiritual movement or whatever, or not movement, but part of that um, spiritual folklore. So, um, 
Yeah, I think this is quite a high one to me. So flesh-eating, forest-dwelling creatures. Um, I'm going to give it a eight. Eight, nice. So, yeah, I agree. Um, there being sort of an unknown... Well, I mean, they're meant to be sort of spirits as well of angry people. Um, there being sort of an unknown benevolent force that eats humans in the dark forest. Um, you know, I, I quite like woods and forests, but I can see why they're scary because um, as humans, we rely a lot on our eyesight to be able to spot danger. And you can't really do that in woods and forests as well. So I think there's a natural fear there. Um, and deep in a rainforest as well, where you can literally spend 18 days canoeing into the centre. Yeah. To, you know. To get, just to get up some tuna. Yeah. Um, yeah so, um, yeah, I, do, I, I think, I think it's spooky. Um, I like, I like the bells because I think that's spooky because they're completely out of place in the middle of the rainforest. Um, so, Overall, I'm going to give it slightly less just because I've got a soft spot for the woods. And, you know, so um, I'm going to give it a six. So believability, I'll go first on this. So the thing which I think makes it slightly have a believable edge is that um Deep in the forest, there there could be tribes of very short people, and at some you know, at some, cannibalism does exist amongst humans, or it, it can do. You know, in some tribes, it can be you know a sacrificial thing or whatever, a spiritual thing, cannibalism. So I think maybe that's where this might come from. Um, so that's believable. Um, obviously I'm not sure about um, them being angry spirits, but, um, you know, the thing is you go, even if, you know, if you can, there's, there's animals that prey that will prey, that would prey on a human in forests, you know, be that big cats mm. or whatever. Um, so, or be it, you know, some a gang of monkeys looking for revenge. So um, I think it does have some believability. So I'm going to give it a five for believability there. Neil? Yeah, I think on a similar page in that, um, do I believe that these are forest-dwelling sort of haunted creatures that eat flesh? Not necessarily, but it, are there things that eat flesh in the rainforest or you could sort of find yourself lost and sort of like, um, you know, used and then sort of like end up getting kind of killed yeah absolutely i think um i can imagine you know certainly going back deeper in, in time um people going missing probably was a fairly um regular regular occurrence and that's why you know the hunter class was sort of specialized as i say it's not just about being able to track and kill the the food it's um about being able to find your way i suspect because you know you, these rainforests being so huge and probably filled with quite a lot of dangers then uh yeah i think it would be quite um you would have to be quite brave and quite sort of about yourself to be able to sort of like avoid the dangers and things that might be about. So not a job yeah, for me. I, you know, 
No, exactly. No, I'll stick with the, the office job. Thanks. That'll, that'll, that'll do. I'll reflect I'll, on that next I'll time. I'll make I'm the bread. About. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I think um, on that basis, I'm kind of like similarly inclined to give it sort of like a 50-50, uh, give it a five. Okie dokie. So, Reach, Neil, let you go first here. Yeah, so it doesn't seem to have spread any further than the, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, it seems to be unique to those, but it feels like something that's quite a... Um, I mean, I don't know. There's not really a lot of... Um, there doesn't seem to be a lot to indicate how long these, these things have been going down, but they have... It feels like the folklore has has the air of something that's been, you know, could be hundreds of years old. I mean, who knows? I, I, it, oh, it feels I like something... For sure, I reckon it's very old. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It just doesn't, you know, and... and it, you kind of it, it feels like the kind of stories hunters would have told themselves way, way, way back when. But yeah, it could exactly could you know basically timeless. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You couldn't you couldn't even track it just because you could imagine these are the kind of stories that have been handed down time and time over again and again. So I think you know um, it's something that you maybe won't be exposed to if you know if you're not in the around sort of DRC. But although you know these stories are. Thanks now to the internet and stuff like this. Obviously, we were able to track down these kind of stories. So that's really interesting. Um, I, you know, because of its nature, obviously, it's around um, them being confined to the rainforest. So it's not like you're suddenly going to start spotting them in New Jersey in the Pine Barrens or something. Um, oh, you know, well, so it's not. It's so the the root the folklore isn't going to spread. But I think that folklore is probably so sort of part of the region now yeah. that it'll carry on for a very long time and probably already has done. Um, so yeah, on that basis, that it's probably not geographically that widespread, or other than people hearing about them, but probably being very, um, very embedded. One one assumes in sort of um, Congolese culture. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. Seven, nice. So um, yeah, I think that this is top from time immemorial. I don't think this is something that sort of. Has suddenly come we'll up. Find in... out this was just a marketing brand <laughs> for, for an orange, for an orange in, drink in the eighties. It's like a plowman's lunch. They just he came up with it in the seventies. No, I think this is from I time immemorial. So instantly, yeah, like I mean, this could be the oldest one that we've looked at. To be honest, so I think that I mean that gives it a high score because reach is not only geographic; it's through time. Yeah. Um, so that's good. I think that probably. Even though it's kind of it's this is all from Democratic Republic of Congo, I would imagine that the country Congo probably knows about it. I'd imagine that the Central African Republic probably knows about it. I'd imagine that whole kind of Central Africa jungle area probably knows about it. And it sounds like it's known all the way over to the Great Lakes. So we're talking hundreds of millions of people. So I mean that's you know that that's a lot of people i mean geographically it's a big area you know it's bigger than europe so you know and it's probably got as many people in it as europe as well or getting on for so i think that this is for, for reach through time and the amount of people yes there hasn't and also it's um quite the character in dungeons and dragons or what or something like yeah, that yeah we did find a few yeah seems to have um <laughs> so it's made it come on. across to some tabletop gaming type thing some so that's so therefore the tabletop gaming community might know about it and then that takes it more global did you look up how many hit points a beloco's got so i'm going to say 
I'm, do you know what? I'm giving it because because this is so old, and you know, I'm I'm giving it an eight for that. I'm giving it an eight for Reach, even though it hasn't got any films or anything yet. So narrative premise. So I'll go first on this. So, I mean, it's it's a good old fashioned myth, isn't it? It's a good proper old school myth. Um, the fact that they're kind of made of leaves is good. I mean, it reminds me of sort of the Green Man, which is a sort of European pagan thing. I think it's a very, it's a very human story, which is about nature, dangers of nature. You know, be careful when you're when you're kind of in in the woods or the jungle. Um, I like the fact that they've got the bells. That's good, and that they, um, I don't, they, they're kind of like they're, they're kind of psychopathic. They've got bells, and then they kind of eat you alive, which is kind of, it's not like they kill you and then eat you. It's like they mm-hmm. just keep you under a trance. Just and hungry, just hungry, just hungry little fellas. Um, Long pork's best fresh, Chris. <laughs> like so, sashimi or something. So although the and and you know there's there's obviously some stories like kicking around about about them sort of folkloric stories um I think it's I mean it's nothing spectacular but you know I think it's a decent narrative and considering it's probably a couple of you know however many thousands of years old it's mm-hmm. like a proper you know a, a story that all humans from everywhere have probably told in different ways so I think it's it's a classic. So I'm going to give it a six. Neil, yeah, it's just narrative, isn't it? So absolutely, I think you know it's one it's one of those classic tropes, isn't it? Man versus nature, basically. Um, it feels like to me, and you know, and you're going back to sort of the the origins of um, humanity. Um, so you know, you, the the rainforest and sort of yeah, and that sort of dense jungle, and there would have been that again. It, that that kind of like um, it would have been quite terrifying back in the day what's in there and so and i think yeah that that kind of um the the man versus nature side the ecological side gives it a bit of um bit of freshness actually for for now so obviously it's a very classic story but as we're finding with things like climate change you know you can uh ignore nature at your peril so yeah i, I think i think it's quite a nice narrative and also as you're saying the um they're quite brutal i mean they just again I, well so i suppose yeah Strictly speaking, totally sociopathic because it's just they wouldn't have empathy for a human, or they're not really thinking about that because they just like any wild animal. They just they want they want to eat what they want to eat, and um, that's what their diet is. And but but they're mixed in with the fact that they can overcome kind of like that human resistance by using these kind of spells. I think that's the thing is obviously you know a wild animal you can sort of build a fire or you can protect mm. yourself against it, but um, you can't do anything if they get in your nut though. Exactly, it's quite a strong sort of. Um, quite a strong uh you know fear to prey on in terms of the human psyche so yeah i think there's there's a fair bit to work here um from narratively i think you could build up some quite interesting little stories um and that's maybe why that they have um become part of some kind of tabletop gaming thing i mean uh dexterity 15 chris imagine that wow out out of what out of 21 assumes (laughs) yeah Um, football manager yeah, <laughs> like warm forests, carry four short spears and other gear. Um, anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so you know, it's maybe like yourself. 
Yeah. Well, I did carry that one long spear as well. Um, so, so obviously, yeah, it's already worked its way into that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I, I think I think you could come up with some reasonably interesting stories. I think there's a little bit of chance for narrative growth, but obviously, it's not something that's that's um, been used too much um, recently. But yeah, I think it's some some classic premise. There's some there's some the potential for a nice little two or three season Netflix show there. So, I'll give it a I'll give it a I'll give it a six. And that gives us an over a very retasting, a very healthy overall. Urban Legend score of fifty-one out of yeah, that's quite, quite a high-scoring one. On it, that, that was a bit of a full quadrant one. That I don't know what that quite means. highly in all categories. Yeah, it did all right. Um, I think. I think the. <clears throat> I think the. This fact, is what they used to say for movies. So you'd have men and women and young and old. All right. And if you if you could hit all four of those quadrants, oh. like a, like a family pleaser, okay, and that's how you make your money. Well, maybe that's what they based it on many thousands of years ago when they, <laughs> when, when they started telling tales around a campfire. Um, okay, lovely stuff. Well, that was the Aloco or Boloco, plural, uh, from uh, the country which I know as Zaire. Um, and re- do remember that if you are out catching... Hammerhead sharks deep in the Congo Basin to wow your friends. And you hear some bells. Don't have nightmares. Don't set up camp. Row back home. Row back home. Always row back home. So that's it from this week's episode of Urbane Legends. Remember, you can contact us at herb.legends at gmail.com. You know you won't. And uh, from me, goodbye. Goodbye. Hello, Java again. Blimey, monkeys for supper, whatever next. Um, well, that's the end of this episode. I believe uh, there'll be a bonus episode on Sunday, which will be a Halloween special. Um, well, wish me luck with my audition for Hamilton and in procuring a new cream egg. Goodbye.